Welcome to Talking Late Night, where we spotlight top comedians and their late night influences. Here's your host, Max Cantor. Hey everybody and welcome to Talking Late Night. I'm your host Max Cantor and today on the show I have a award-winning comedian, playwright and actress who has performed her work all over the United States. She's also a founder of the Focus on Golden Gate Theater Company out in San Francisco and she trained with UCB, the Upright Citizens Brigade in New York City. So please join me in welcoming to the show Miss Kate Robards. Welcome to the show, Kate. Hi, Max. I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad to have you. Are you, are you filming? Is- I am filming. I'm, I'm not going live again like we already did, but um, you know, it's good. I'm going to give you content for your Instagram. I'm going to help you with your social media. I like it. Do I look good? I mean, oh. you look great. You look great. Not as good as when I put the filter on you when we did uh, Facebook Live. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm like, it's the beauty one. Seven out of 10. You just look normal. Oh. Yeah. No, you're all, it's like a 10. You're always a 10. But it's just like, thank you. You look less cartoony. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. All right. And I, I tend to like cartoony for myself. Uh huh. Um, but it's good. It's good to look. I'm going to stop recording now. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's too much to hold, to hold the phone, to hold the microphone. There's a lot going on. There's, There's a lot so going much on. going on in the world, in the. In the room. Just everywhere. Technology. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for, for coming on the show, talking with me about your writing, your comedy, all sorts of things. You look very excited to be here, which makes I, me excited. Yay! I like, you know that when you're just sleep deprived mm-hmm. and you have yeah. so many things to do that you just, it's like you swallowed a coat hanger mm-hmm. and you're just, you can't stop smiling because if you stop smiling, you might fall down and go to sleep. <laughs> so you just gotta, you gotta keep going. You gotta yeah. power through it. Yeah. So just to jump into the interview to start learning about you uh growing up what late night television influenced you in your comedy oh my gosh i love this question because i loved and do love i love lucy oh really you know no one has ever said that you're the first guest to ever say what'd you like about it well okay so i mean lucy is this hilarious comedian she's the titular character of the show you know who cares about desi we love lucy and she's this you know powerful goofy woman breaking rules doing crazy things with her friends and you know she's always oh you know ricky ricky's always mad at her for something but she um doesn't care and she continues doing she's, she's just wacky and hilarious and her um gestures her facial gestures are so funny. Have you ever seen the show? Mm, yeah, yeah. So I, I like Dick. I, I liked Nick at Night. So I like Dick Van Dyke as well. Mm. And uh, but I love Lucy. Was really I'm like, oh my goodness, this is a show about this woman and all of the people that cycle around her. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it was the first three camera TV um, mm. series, and they still Big Bang does it to this day. So that was very um, revolutionary mm-hmm. in its age. Um, and Yeah, I was just really, I mean, kind of like you are about comedy. Like from a young age, I remember um, watching watching TV and watching shows and being confused. This is how I know I had a single mom because I was confused. I'm like, I'm like, wait, is this real life? Is this is that what other families are doing right now? And my mom explained to me. She was like, Oh no, 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 this is a TV show and those are actors and they're just pretending. Like that's not a real kid. And I would be like, Oh, okay, I want to do that. I want to pre- I want to pretend I want to make funny faces and like go um, eat a bunch of chocolates while people <laughs> laugh at me. Mm. So mm. yeah. And speaking of the chocolates, because that's probably one of the most famous scenes Absolutely. of all time from and I vitamin and vegamin. Exactly. Yes. Is there 
is there another moment that sticks out in your mind uh, from that show other than those two like classic scenes? Everyone. I mean, um, she dressed up as a man and tried to go in Ricky's <laughs> band um, because I think she was jealous over someone. And she, just always doing crazy, crazy things. I mean, I can think of those iconic episodes of her, you know, smashing the grapes with her mm-hmm. her feet. But um, every single one of them was so good. And the funny thing is that it's like, I feel like I'm a hybrid between Ethel and Lucy. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm. So you said you told your mom you, that you were like, hey, I want to do that. I want to you know, mm-hmm. make people laugh, get mm-hmm. creative like that. Mm-hmm. Is what drew you to that the laughter and being a comedian or being on TV and being an actress? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it, it was always the laughter. It was always ah. wanting to entertain people. And I remember when I made my stage debut as a very young kid, I was um, like many uh, women and boys and girls and people from the South. Um, mm-hmm. the church was the first place that I really was able to take the stage and mm-hmm. was like, Oh, people are listening to me and I'm saying these words and I'm wearing a costume. And I, we were doing a theatrical version of silent night, you know, the song silent night. Mm-hmm. I'm not a singer. I was yeah. asked to leave the choir, at an yeah. old age. but so we're doing this, um, silent version. And if you're not familiar with the way the, the play goes, um, the music director or the play, the, the way that the song was composed, it's, um, it was like acapella. The person who wrote the lyrics wrote it acapella because the music organ, um, it's Christmas Eve and he's going to play a song and the organ pipes were chewed through by little mice. <gasps> and no. I know. And so I was like, you know, three or four and dressed up like a mouse. And my job was they had these, um, like, uh, a paper towel, um, like the cardboard in between it. And those, mm-hmm. those were the organ pipes. And I was dressed like a little mouse and I was to come out there and gnaw them. And I remember I was very serious because they're like, you know, you're wearing a costume, you're going to go, you're going to stand there. And when I went and I was like, everyone, and chomping on it, everyone, um, you can't see me on the, the podcast, <laughs> but I'm chomping. Mm-hmm, yeah, everyone yeah. in church laughed at me and I remember being horribly offended because I had done my job right Right. and confused and then I saw that they were like like enjoying it Mm -hmm. and smiling and I I was just like addicted ever since I can just imagine you up there you know you think you did such a good job (laughs) and you're like why are you laughing this is so serious this is serious Uh, don't you see what I'm doing the organist is ruined ruining this yes exactly I was so serious because yeah it was the big climactic you know the point of no return in the story we cannot go back now (laughs) right And, and nobody thought it was so serious so um so from there that's when you realized hey i like making people laugh i'm gonna start actively trying to make other people laugh i really think so and i think even beyond making people laugh i mean the sad thing is like i'm like i'm a serious actor but i'm not (laughs) and it's kind of like you fall into what you end up falling into because Mm -hmm. i have always you know in in high school I would get cast as like I would want to be the princess and I there's literally this play called a gesture for a king and I didn't care that I was the gesture I wanted to be the princess it was my senior year I really wanted to be the princess but I was always given these um comedic roles and then I realized oh I usually have less lines Mm -hmm. (laughs) I get to hang out with my friends Mm -hmm. and they're a lot more fun Mm -hmm. you know and they're memorable 
and they're memorable. You can out. still the see the show. Yeah. It's so so I like that's how I got into comedy, but I mean I always just have been into um entertainers. Like I love many people don't think of Bette Midler as a comedian. My mom um loves Bette Midler. She loves Barbara Streisand and I grew up watching like Funny Girl and there's a which is about a comedian, uh Fanny um Bryce and um, there's so there's so many um, wonderful shows that I didn't even realize had influenced me until you're asking me mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that those two are singers, and I've noticed a lot of singers have to do this kind of almost a comedy routine in between. Mm-hmm. And both of those particular singers had a movie career. But I always I always was just like obsessed with telling stories in general. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I love stories i'm a big fan of stories we just fist bumped to anyone listening because <laughs> we know that happened but, but just in case just in case people are curious i love i love a good story i love a good story totally and and like so i'm from the south and um in a little teeny tiny town on the texas louisiana border mm. on the gulf coast mm-hmm. and um my mother's family's from there for like going back like six generations mm-hmm one of the founding families and um and she went away to college and then came back and was the local like newspaper reporter worked her way up to being editor but as a kid i would follow her around while she would um interview people Mm -hmm. and she would do what you're doing now but with a little pen and paper and Uh. people would be like telling these crazy stories or like well so and so they were they were driving down there they were going down the road and then the watermelons fell off and they hit them in the head they bopped them in the head he's fine it would just be yeah these crazy stories i remember she'd be like we're going to interview i'm doing a feature she's i'm doing a feature on the sock uh the, the one woman the um what is it? A sock monkey? You know? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like this woman has made her sock monkeys for every, like she made her own sock monkeys for like every celebrity ever. And my mom's like, I'm doing a feature article on her. Come on, we're going. And, and it would just be so much fun. And I would see my mom interview people. And I thought, I want to do that. And I want to perform. And kind of like you, when I did undergrad, I did, I was like, I'll be a, a TV reporter, broadcast mm. journalism. So that was your goal? Is well, it wasn't a-, a goal. It was just like, well, maybe I could do that. Ah. I wouldn't, I, I thought, I guess it was a goal and mm. I kind, I did it for a while and I was like, they're like, I realized, oh, um, I don't want to be a real life news reporter. I want to play a s- silly news reporter on TV or I want to like do this as a character of breaking news in, in Beaumont, Texas. We have a shootout at the bank. You know, no guns are bad. Uh, but you know, like I didn't want, I didn't want that to be my life of like going to a city council meeting and like actually reporting the news. Mm-hmm. I want to be around comedians. Mm-hmm. I want to be around funny people. Exactly. So you knew you wanted to make people laugh and you wanted to be an entertainer or be yeah. in front of a crowd of some sort, an yeah. audience. Uh, did you ever think about being like an improviser or a stand-up comedian did you explore always i mean any way i could get onto stage it's funny because i told you i was so tired right and um i noticed whenever i did tech because i just came from a tech i flew in from new york city and i uh, i did a several hour tech and i realized as soon as those lights came on and they're just they're not rinky dinky lights they're lovely beautiful lights Uh as soon as the lights came on i felt like you know, a flower is wilted, you know, and maybe you have a a lovely arrangement Mm -hmm. or something or a plant and it needs water and you give it water. And all of a sudden it just kind of like 
almost instantly it just like comes back to life you've revived Mm -hmm. and that's how i felt when i was under the lights even though you know it's like you're going cue to cue i'm just like oh i'm alive now hi like (laughs) i'm a little flower you've given me water and i i love um and i had tech people there who were laughing at me so i'm like oh gosh i just got turned on like you know like the i was watered again um so i i mean i auditioned for I think it's, is it city sports? They're everywhere. When I lived in Houston, which is an improv team. City sports. Theater sports? Theater sports. I don't, theater sports, is the, that it? Theater sports is, is a big improv. Yeah. So this was one of the big improv things. And um, I was in college and I was like, honestly, it's so funny now because I've you know gone through UCB, um, mm-hmm. all of their classes and I've taken sketch classes as well. And I'm like, oh, I just didn't know what I was doing because I thought, uh. I thought improv, improvising is like, we're improvising right now. We don't have a script. We're going off of it. And I was so naive because it's like, I didn't respect it as the art form that I now <laughs> um, have come to recognize it as. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I auditioned and I was devastated that like I, I didn't get a call back and <laughs> I kept making films with my friends and doing other stuff that wanted me because improv did not want me. Mm. So you were, you, when did you discover uh, you had a skill of writing? When did the the writing bug bite you? The writing bug bit me as a kid. I actually, um, so you know, my mom worked for the newspaper, and I. Th- this is way before your time. My mom, uh, you know, the newspapers have folded. There's not that many left. <laughs> What's black and white and completely over is a John Stewart joke um, about <laughs> newspapers being dead. Um, anyway, she helped me um, print up my own newspaper that I would sell, and I. Actually, um, I had a staff of friends and I ended up firing them all. Katie Cherry. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, w- I did Kate's Kids News. It was literally like oh. um, I was nine years old or something. And um, I would interview like dance teach. I was like, I really wanted to get close to my dance teacher. You know, it's mm. like she was to me like the epitome. Who's your favorite comedian or like the person you want to interview most, Max? Oh, for me? Yeah. Oh, like on the t- very... Jimmy Kimmel for me. So he it's would all be the way at the top. like, so Jimmy Kimmel, this would be me being like, if you asked Jimmy Kimmel, that's how I felt to my dance teacher because she was like <laughs> this celebrity, gorgeous dancer uh-huh. who just danced all day. And right. I was like, I want, I want to interview her. And I had my little reporter notebook and I, um, I asked her at a baseball game and it took a lot of courage. You know, uh-huh, I yeah. was like, you know, her brother, her son was on um, the same team with my brother. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, you know, I'm going to do it. And I'm ve- very serious. Mm-hmm. Taking, and she obliged. And, um, and I had my, my little interview. I also, um, and, and I love, I just, I want to say how much I love, um, her, my dance teacher. <laughs> she taught me so much. Um, Pam, uh, Simon and, um, I also wrote, so I, I hired my friends and, um, I fired them because I forget what happened because I had power and like <laughs> I, little mm. girls should not have power. <laughs> and I was like, I hate everyone. But, um, I did learn with the first publication of my newspaper, uh, what plagiarism was mm. from, from a parental figure in a very kind way. <laughs> there was like a highlights magazine with one of those mazes oh. and I'm a wonderful writer. Okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna toot my own horn, but I'm a wonderful writer. You should come see all my shows. But, um, I'm not the best artist. So I traced this like really cool maze. It was like very obviously traced, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. 
And when you're nine, you're like, I'll trick them. I did this. <laughs> and uh, my dad was alive at the time. He's now deceased, but he was helping me print it. And he said, uh, did you do this? And I was like, oh, moment of, like, this is it. This is right. the moment. Do I tell the truth? And I was just kind of frozen in fear. And he said, you know, that's plagiarism. I'm like, you're taking someone else's drawing. And, and he was like, it's okay because you're not a professional, but we have to attribute them. And I was like, okay, that's all I have to do is give them credit and I can keep on tracing other <laughs> highlights and putting it in my paper. Right. So basically I took the Huffington Post model <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and did it before they did. Right. And did it analog. Yeah. So really they plagiarized you. <laughs> that's a stretch. Yeah. I mean, yes, I would like a cut of Huffington Post. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> from what I got from that story. You see how long I've not been doing improv? I'm like, nope, 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 nope. That's the first rule is yes and, which I'm sure listeners probably know. This is, like I said, I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> so when did you write your very first one-woman show? I I wrote my first woman. Well, I performed a one-woman show in Shanghai. Whoa. And it was, um, yeah, I was, I was living in Shanghai. I was, um, <clears throat> got into the Shanghai theater scene, which is wonderful because it's this major city and there's like, I think a hundred thousand expats. I don't, I don't remember. I'm not a numbers person. Don't listen <laughs> to me on that. Um, and so they, there was just a really hungry theater scene there for uh. expat theater. And, um, I did like, who's afraid of Edward, uh, of, uh, Virginia Woolf in who's afraid of Edward Albee everyone (laughs) um who's afraid of Virginia Woolf in the three and a half hour version you know full script and um and the woman asked me if I wanted to do a a solo um Christmas show Mm. that she was going to pair with David Sedaris's Santaland Diaries oh and she asked me to do uh, 12 Dates of Christmas which is this wonderful show a playwright named Gina Hoban wrote and um it that year there was an article and she was like being produced in 17 places around the world or something. I forget how many, but I was one of them and I read the script and I kept thinking, this is funny. This is great. This is like really funny, but also, Hey, I could do this. And I had a great time performing it. And, um, I loved making people laugh. I didn't have to rely on other people. I just needed a director. Mm-hmm. And I, that, that was like the wormhole being planted. So I guess that was maybe six and a half years ago. Oh, okay. And then I wrote my first solo show mm. uh, a few years after that. So, how, like, How long did it take you to write the full thing? Oh, you're never really done with it. Although I'm pretty done with that one. Uh, um, maybe like a year, you know, doing other things and working and like um, on and off. And um, it's, it's always different. You know, this one I had a really quick turnaround and um, I'm developing it at festivals on the way, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, are you familiar with spank the UCB process? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like those spank shows. I don't have the patience. So, you know, it's like mm-hmm. those take years and years Yeah. and I, they're amazing and they're so well, but that's, um, I don't, when you don't have a name or a brand like UCB mm-hmm. to, um, really hold you to it. Although I will say my director, Maureen Monterubio is fabulous. She's been like reviewed in the Washington post and she's doing all these cool things. She directs audiobooks, oh, that's, um, and that's she's cool. directed. Yeah. She's got a really famous person coming up. I'm not sure if I can release the name. It's Parker Posey. I love Parker Posey. I love Parker Posey. So she's directing Parker Posey's audiobook, and she directed me and she said, Hey, um, just want you to know, 
the direction because I like to kind of do my own thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, I know how to work the crowd. She's like, the direction I gave you is for a reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she would also be telling me not to talk out of the side of my mouth right now. <laughs> but this is my impersonation of her. She's very nice. But uh, remember to do the direction I told you to do because my name is on that as well. And, you know, the the, the kid uh, me from the newspaper is like, well, then you're fired. Right. <laughs> I know how to solve this. Right. You're fi- your name's off of it. You're fired. But I'm not nine anymore. So I can't get away with that behavior and still have people um, want to work with me. <laughs> I imagine for a one uh, a one person show, it's very it's scary, and it's scary because like when you're when you're in like a play. If a joke falls flat, you have the ensemble to rely on. Or you have a scene partner to rely on. But when it's just you, if something falls flat, like guess what? It's dead silent in the entire room. And it's a panic, like, and you're freaking out. There's been times when I'm like, wait, did I just say the same thing over and over? There's no one to look at. Mm-hmm. And I've been studying and training with um, Seth Barish, who's directed and developed all of Mike Birbiglia's solo shows. So oh. going back to Sleepwalk With Me, uh, Thank God for Jokes, um, his most recent one, the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one that I miss. I know, right? It's about him having him and his wife wanting to have a baby or not wanting to have a baby. And um, I got to see a very special uh, sneak peek uh, oh. that he did in New York recently, which was very exciting for me. But because I've been, um, I, this is just a thing I've been doing for so long. Mm-hmm. Seth has really taught me the audience is the other person. Mm-hmm. And that's what all good comedians need to do is, you know, you're, you're not actually up there alone. It's a conversation and yeah, you have a microphone and there's lights on you, but like, where's the person? How are they? How are they reacting? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so going back to that has really helped me. So it's like, oh, I'm not alone. If there's one other person in the tech booth, like there's one other person for me mm-hmm. to play with. Mm-hmm. Speaking of tech booth playing and jokes, one of my favorite uh, jokes is the Steve Martin, the light joke. It's that bit of like, hey, over here. And the light goes to one place and he's like, no. And it's this great. If you don't know it, you should look that up. Uh, you know, it's funny you say that Steve Martin has one of your favorite jokes because my favorite joke of all time is by Steve Martin. Let's hear it. Too. Um, all right. Now I will preface it with this. Okay. I tell people it and the reaction is very mixed. It's very mixed. I either get people who are like, that is so clever or, or I get people who are like, that is not funny. Well, I'm familiar with Steve Martin. And okay. He's got a weird... Exactly, and you're a comedian too. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> oh, it's that. not you're comedians com- who are saying. This. Yeah, it's people. It's non-comedians. Who oh, are okay, like, who are like what? Well, their opinion means nothing. Exactly. To us. Who even cares? Who right? cares uh, about them? Uh. <laughs> All right. So here's a joke. <clears throat> no, we need them to come to our shows. So yeah, yeah that's we true. Love thank them. you. You we guys love you. are the thank best. You. Thank you for listening. You all are beautiful people. You're beautiful. You're so wonderful. pretty. <laughs> <laughs> you're very, on the inside. <laughs> that, was just, that was just for us that was an us moment just then loved it loved it we won't tell you what happened no <laughs> so here's your joke ready okay uh but first the doctor told me the good news i was gonna have a disease named after me <laughs> oh my gosh oh ah. Oh. see it's so clever it's so layered there's it's so many so... layers on that yeah. How could you not like that? Who, who, and his what? delivery of like, mm-hmm. what was he? The wild and crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm a wild I'm and crazy, crazy guy. guy. Yep. I'm a wild and crazy guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. I'm glad you appreciated it. I really do. Because it's the misdirect. There's like there's a lot mm-hmm. of things happening. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, I'm really happy. But also, <laughs> it, yeah, that's, that's a really good joke. Right. 
Yeah. So let me ask you for for um, well, I mean, I say let me ask you. I'm going to ask you anyways. This is my show. I can. You do whatever you I, want, I can, Max. You I run do it, or I'll fire you. you. I'll fire hey, you. hey, now, I'll just, hey, I'll just now. End the interview. I'm not being paid for this. No, yeah. <laughs> you can't fire. You can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> so when you uh, when you write a, a one woman show, where do you draw the storylines from? So where where do you, where are you drawing that story from, and how do you format it when you type it out or you write it out? How do you format it? Very great questions. Um, so the first one, um, I am I think because of my journalistic background, I do like a little creative um, creative uh, nonfiction. Mm. So I always draw from my real life. Mm-hmm. Um, so like my first show was about you know being from a tiny town in Orange and living in Shanghai. To tiny town called Orange, Texas, and living in Shanghai, so it was called Mandarin Orange. Mm-hmm. And um, I just I draw from personal experiences. And the second one is um, what I learned in getting an MFA, that is a Master's of Fine Arts in writing, mm-hmm. is that for plays there's not really one particular form. You know, if you're doing like a UCB sketch class, you have to have a Final Cut Pro, like you have to have a specific, very specific script format, mm-hmm. and that's different for the stage and you can take um it's really interesting to see people take different liberties and um go in different directions with how they want to convey um poetically on the page and so um i tend to write in a create inventive prose so like and and then with characters and um i studied poet theater and all of this all these new genre blending Mm -hmm. techniques so um but i i definitely just write in word yeah. It's, so you just type it up. It's like, like uh, I, I guess. Show you my script. I guess what I'm what I'm trying to get <laughs> at is like, do you just write a a uh, like a, oh. a big paragraph? Oh like, gosh, that no. A one woman. I start my shows. Now? Here's here's my sound cue list. I start my shows with a bunch of note cards. And oh, this okay. show, yeah, it's like, oh, this is a story. Mm-hmm. This is a story I want to tell. Mm-hmm. And usually, it's the sad part as a writer and a storyteller is that I'm like, oh, I left out like a hundred bajillion stories. I I would tell I would tell you a story. As long we this podcast could go on for the Guinness Book of World Records, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. but uh, people want to see a 75 minute show, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I, so I have to distill all of these stories into a crafted narrative that has structure, dramatic structure, rising tension, a main event, and then a denouement, and all of these mm-hmm. tools that help make it funny, like building mm-hmm. and knowing your improv tools. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it starts with different stories and I'm constantly tinkering with them. There are scenes and um, this one actually I whittled away to where it's just one long. Um, now it's like one long narrative. Oh. And I, I do. I slip into other characters and you know like sometimes I'm not saying they're the best characters. I'm not saying that I'm totally transforming myself but sometimes um, yeah like it so I'm so, um, I'll, I'll have the character written. So it'll be like me talking to the audience is just like me talking to the audience. And then it will be another character might hmm. have a little bolded name. But the rule is that there are no rules. I like it. Well, I guess when it's your show, you can do whatever you want. Anything yeah. is right. Well, that's not true. Because, oh. <laughs> well, I mean, for a solo, for a theater show, yes. Mm. But I mean, like, that's not always the rule. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you're right. So sometimes you can be wrong. I just want to fire you. I'm still, like, holding on to that hurt. I'm like, oh, you tried to fire me? <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm gonna fire you from your own show. <laughs> you can't fire me. Do you know who I am? I'll just give you both microphones. Oh gosh, you just that interview would be great. yourself. 
<laughs> I'll do two different characters. I'm Max. <laughs> are you good because you you do so many different characters when it's just you? Are you good at, at impressions? I'm not great at them. No? And that's a problem <laughs> because I really just have like the one guy, the one girl. Mm. My first show, I was really inspired by John Leguizamo and an artist whom I love, Lauren Weedman, mm. who I've been lucky to, she's mentored me a little bit. And, um, she, they do great characters. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I did all of these, you know, like, I had, like, a, like a stoner character that was a girl that I knew. And I did just, like, they were really super obnoxious. and Or not even obnoxious, because you have to love all of your characters. But it was, like, they weren't uh, the most um, refined. And it's, it's you're always working to refine them. So mm-hmm. I don't think anyone, even, like, people... I'm sure there's people who are like, no, I'm pretty good at it. I don't, I'm not as good as I want to be. Let's mm. say that. Mm. Um, and, and that's one of the things of like, in this show, I have two different male characters and my director is like giving, you know, one person has a, a, it's holding a ball in the back of their throat. So how does, how would that make you like, they have a, a bubble of air and another, so it's just like, where does it fit? It's weird stuff. And it's, I'm trying to be more realistic, which mm-hmm. like, you know, UCB, my favorite um, team to watch is, oh my gosh, I'm going to hit myself now in the face. Um, she's so funny. I'm not really going to hit myself in the face. Everyone should be nice <laughs> to yourself. Uh, Nicole Dresbull, mm. and she was on a Friday night team. Oh, Bucky, duh. I'm like, I went to this almost every Friday the <laughs> first year that I moved to New York, um, which is only, I've only been there for almost two years. But Nicole Dresbull is hilarious, and I had her... You're not supposed to take the same teacher twice, mm. but I took her twice mm. because she's so good and she's so funny and she's so real in her characters. And I think that, that there was... When I started off, there was this idea that like, oh, if I'm doing a character, I'm wacky and crazy. Mm-hmm. And I've found that like, you think that those people are wacky and crazy, but they really do have a, a strong um, understanding of like grounded reality. Mm-hmm. And so that's, um, Lou, when I look at my older shows and when I look at whenever I'm like tired or I'm going off the rails, I'm like, oh, that's not real. And when it's not real, it's less funny, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like straddling that fine line. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah. I do like that, though. That's, that's a very good piece of advice. I like that a lot. Hot tip. That was there good. you go. Mm-hmm. So with, uh, to talk a little bit about, because I know you're, you're on a deadline. I got to go do a show tonight. We gotta, we I'm doing some minutes of stand-up. We got to get you to a show. I'm doing um, some stand-up tonight. So before uh, you leave, I do want to ask you about Fog, the Fog mm-hmm. Theater. Um, it was on your website. It and it is. seemed important. So it I feel is. like it's important to ask you about it. Um, it's a wonderful theater company in San Francisco, and um, they do farm-to-table musical theater and wonderful fundraisers throughout the year. But really quick, um, I do just want to say how I started doing stand-up. Oh, yes. So uh, I, this is something that you didn't ask me, but I do think it's fun. Um, so when I was trying to do, when I auditioned for, what was the other improv thing that you said? I'm pretty sure that was it. Theater sports? For theater sports, and they said no. I also was like, well, then I'll do stand-up, right? Mm. And I go to do, an, I get my courage up, and I go to open mic, and the guy, one of the guys who owned the club, who I'm now friends with, mm. gave me a piece of advice, and he said, oh, you're too, you're like just cute enough that like, um, girls, friends of guy, who are with guys, they might not want to laugh at you. And the guys might not want their girlfriends to get mad. So they don't want to laugh at you. And I was like, 
gosh. I mean, I guess I was old enough to go into a comedy club. You have to be a certain age. I think I was mm. 21 or something. Yeah, I thought, 18 or 21. Oh. Yeah, I was like, that's so horrible. I don't want people to think that about me. I want to make people laugh. I don't... What? They're, they might think that about me. So I just didn't do... Oh. I didn't do comedy again for years. And... Um, well, I didn't do stand-up again. I didn't try stand-up. Gotcha. And I would do like storytelling shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I started doing my first one-woman tour... Um, I was friends with him through his little brother and like uh, he reached out because we're friends on Facebook and said, hey, wanted you to know um, there's a typo in your program, but also um, I'm super proud of you. Like you're doing great. I know how much work it takes because he's a touring comedian oh. and he tours with USO and everything or um, something like that. And he, uh, he and I said, you know, you it's because of you. I didn't do stand up. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, well, what you do is kind of like stand up, but it's not funny. And I was just like, gosh, you know, he like just like knew where to poke the knife. And I was like, challenge accepted. And then I started um, doing stand up because mm. it's like, oh, it's a different muscle, like mm. like story. And I think that's why I like um, Mike Birbiglia because he's he does it them both mm. and like, ugh. Oh, everyone's so great. There's so many different styles Mm -hmm. and you can try them all on is what I love about being a comedian Mm -hmm. and an actor. And like I've now, um, blame it on San Francisco, but I now started using the umbrella term artist. Mm. I know I'm like a hippie dippy arty farty person now, but it does encompass more. So Mm Mm-hmm. I know you're looking at the times. So. I, I just just for yeah. you, just for you. I, you. It, it, it stinks because there's so many things I want to know. You're such an interesting person. I'm fascinating, I mean, really. It's, it's, this is so interesting. I'm like, so fascinating. As you, as you say things, like I just have all these questions, and I have to like cipher all the, the my rolodex of questions to get through <laughs> all of them because I'm so interested. But I know we are running out of time. Yes. We probably have like maybe five minutes left or. Less than that. Uh, But there are two more questions I do want to ask you. That's okay. Let's get to them. Absolutely. Uh, Bring them on. Question number one, because you seem to know a lot of well-known people. uh, I like to name drop. A lot of of big (laughs) name people. So I want to know, who is the biggest name person to ever come see your show or to see a show (gasps) of yours that you were like, whoa, this person's in the audience? Oh, my gosh. That hasn't happened yet. Not yet? Oh, I guess that would be... No, that hasn't happened yet. I will say, like, my idol and one of the women that... Um, Lauren Weedman, who... She's been... She was um, Horny Patty on Hung and a writer in that room. And okay. she was on Looking. She was Doris. And she was... The first year of The Daily Show, she was, like, one of the correspondents. Mm. And then didn't give... This is... She's this... She's got several books out. Um, Lauren Weedman, look her up. You should get her for your podcast. Oh, she would love it. Yes. She's, like, my idol. Um, and she was working with me one on one, and and I was doing all these character things. And she goes, "What are you doing? Just stop doing that." <laughs> and I was okay. so yeah, because I was like, you know, being like very um, showy, you mm-hmm. know. And um, I've been kind of reluctant to ask because I know my I don't again. Yeah, I need to ask more famous people. But um, to name drop some more people um, that do solo shows: mm-hmm. Dale Orlander Smith, David Kale. Um, and I've like talked with them and they, I know them, but, um, mm-hmm. I've never gotten, cause you know why? Why? They're so busy creating their own work oh, that's true. and they're so busy doing work mm-hmm. that it's like, oh, there is a writer who, um, a writer who's written for the New York times and she's like, um, a, a fabulous, wonderful woman, um, Jessica, uh, 
Enrique and, and she came to one of my shows and I was really nervous because, uh, I respect and admire her writing. Ah. Yeah. I think she's got a book that I know she's got a book deal that she's working on. So I was just like, Oh wow, she's a real writer, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, but there's so, there's just so many people. Okay. Well, I like that was a good answer. Yeah. I liked it. It was I 10 approved. minutes long. We, I, 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 I ran out the clock on you. <laughs> well, my last question is, this is the most important one of the whole interview. Oh gosh. Which is super critical. Let me get it right. Um, the question is, if you were to give one piece of advice to someone who eventually wants to be in your shoes, what piece of advice would you give? I would give the advice that um, another solo performer I like, Christina Wong, um, gave me, which is I sent her an email, kind of like you did to your idols, or your, and I said, hey, I love what you do. I want to read all the scripts that you've ever written. Mm-hmm. And she was like, why? <laughs> She's like, you know, this is not for the light of heart. Uh It takes a lot of time. I know how much time and effort and energy you put into this. And if you're not doing it because you love it, like you asked me in the beginning, like, do you just want to be on TV? I'm like, look, I would love to be on TV. I would love for an agent to come give me a job. Like somebody put me on TV, but I like love going to festivals, meeting other people and performing and Mm -hmm. writing. And Mm -hmm. that is that engine that keeps me going. And so, um, it's to just like, you have to really love it Mm -hmm. and to, Oh, number one advice, connect with other people. So do what you're doing because it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's challenging because I like to tell myself it's easy, but look, it's challenging and you need help Mm -hmm. from your friends and not only help, like you need viewers, you need listeners, but surround yourself with people who are encouraging you and not like raining on your parade because you need to march and march with the second line, which I'm from near New Orleans. And that means a big band and parade is behind you. Do it. Yeah. I like it. I like it too. So Kate, if you want to learn more about you or see you perform, how can they do that? Kate-Robards.com. Follow me on Instagram. We went live today. We did. And all of the social media things. I'm Kate, K-A-T-E, Robards, R-O-B as in Bravo, A-R-D-S. I'm really obnoxious. You can cut that off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, perfect. Kate, thank you again for being on the show. Uh, This was great. And who knows, because we had to limit our time, maybe uh, a couple weeks from now, a couple months from now, we can have you back on. Yeah. When I'm, when I'm, more, more about your stories. When I'm more well known, I have so many stories I'd like to share. I with want to you. know them all. I'm, I will I'd tell like you them all of them. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks again to Thank Kate for being Max. on the show. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can visit us on our Facebook page at Talking Late Night, or you can check out other episodes at www.talkinglatenight.com. You can also find us on iTunes. You can rate and leave us a review. So, thanks again to Kate for being on the show. Thanks you for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>